Hello and welcome back to Big Lezzers League and all rugby league experience. Now, just to let you guys know, this will be one of the last podcasts for the next week. Obviously, starting from tomorrow, uh, there will be a one-week break. It's the second scheduled break that I'm supposed to have while I complete my HSC. Uh, it is literally going to go from tomorrow, the 23rd, all the way to the 30th. And then on the 31st, the podcast will return. We're going to get a bunch of off-season content going. Uh, I've got a lot of plans and I need to sort a lot of things out for the off-season. So very exciting times over the next few months. But during this one-week break, there won't be any new content coming out, but... Uh, I do have scheduled what we recorded on the 5th of October, so it was a while ago, so if there was any changes to teams, signings uh, after the 5th of October, you wouldn't really be able to see those, um, but we have the latter predictions with Lee Addison. Now, I've had Lee Addison on the podcast before. It was actually at the start of uh, this year, or maybe even the back end of last year, where we went through what the 2023 season would look like. We did a full season preview with him uh, a few months ago now, maybe even a year ago now. Um, but we've got him back on the podcast to do a ladder prediction, a way too early ladder prediction going into next year based off this year's form. And obviously some of the signings uh, up to the 5th of October. As I said, anything after the 5th of October, we wouldn't have really been able to get. Um, but we do have up to the 5th of October, uh, all the signings uh, up to that point. Uh, we sort of judge how the season is going to look next year uh, based off those signings, this year's form, uh, and how we think sides are going to look next year as well. So very interesting podcast, a lot of predictions with Lee Addison. Who better to do it though with than Lee Addison, a, a past coach. He's been in the Penrith system. He's been in the Manly Seagull system. Uh, he is an outstanding bloke and a very funny uh, Pommy bloke as well. So uh, it was a pleasure to have him on. It's always a pleasure to have him on. And uh, it's a really awesome podcast, all split up uh, into pretty much day after day. We go through, uh, for example, 17th to 15th and so forth. We do it in all little chunks because it was a very long podcast. Uh, but we do it in all little chunks and they're going to come out all the way up to the 30th. And then on the last two days, on the 29th and the 30th, we've obviously got the rerun of the Andy Raymond interview. Andy Raymond, if you don't know, he has commentated a vast amount of sports, whether it be UFC, whether it be NRL. Uh, he's co commentated a bunch of sports. Boxing just recently, he commentated the footy fights. Uh, I think he was uh, on the panel at the weigh-ins at, at the footy fights as well. Uh, really renowned rugby league commentator, though. He was around for a while um, and, and did some great things as well in the rugby league commentating and, and journo space. So uh, it was an awesome interview to have with him. I think that was over a year and a half ago now. Uh, but he's an absolute legend and it was just sort of when I was starting out my podcasting career when I had him on. Uh, and then the day after that on the 30th, we have the Rugby League Guru rerun. I did that uh, interview at the start of this year, uh, you know, in the last preseason. So it would have been this time last year. Uh, well, we did that interview when we talk about uh, the guru pretty much from when he was teaching right up to now pretty much. So uh, I think that was just before he changed his logo or just after he changed his logo over um, from the black one with the goalpost to the red one that we have now. 
Uh, but yeah, look, I mean, some two awesome interviews, plus uh, Lee Addison and I breaking down the ladder for next year. We've got some awesome content coming your way. Now, let's get into the Pacific Championship review, uh, the Kangaroo v. Uh, Samoan game review. What a game. 50 nil. Did not expect it to be 50 nil. 50 nil. I did expect it to be 13 plus. Uh, but, you know, to do that without Sean Johnson, and obviously Sean Johnson wasn't there last year due to injury, I believe. Uh, but to do that without Sean Johnson, to just to do that as a whole, Samoa obviously held it together against the Kangaroos towards the back end of the game. But it was almost like it was a complete reverse. It was almost like it was a complete reverse of the game against the Kangaroos. They started off really fucking well, and they started off on top. They matched the intensity sorry, of the Kiwis. Their defense was outstanding. They were fucking smashing Fisher-Harris and Leota through the middle. Uh, Lee New starting the game was outstanding, uh, and he had a really high intensity for most of the game. He was talking a lot of shit uh, at the back end of the game as well, but they were getting absolutely flogged at that point. Uh, but he was outstanding. I thought he was one of the better forwards for Samoa. Uh, they just couldn't get it together. And at the end of the day, it was just the structure for Samoa. They didn't have the structured halfback. Dejan Arce was a lot better. His kicking game was more, much more um, effective and he was much more involved in the last game. But uh, Stephen Crichton didn't have the best game either. Kicked it out on the full twice uh, and wasn't running the football. I, I, I seriously think he's injured. I, I'm pretty adamant he's injured. He did not run the footy once in that game. Uh, and when he did, he was taken down almost straight away. Uh, but he had pretty much no runs on the board that game. Every time he got the ball, he passed it. Uh, he had two kicks. They went out on the full, both of them. Um, Dejan Arce was definitely the more involved half in that side. And it let them down, really. It did. Um, those two moments, plus a bunch of errors and a really low completion rate for Samoa. Uh, whereas the Kiwis, they were just on song after about the 10th minute. They built up the intensity. Not only the intensity won them the game, but just the structure. Um, and, you know, Kieran Foran at nine was outstanding. I thought that he was really, really solid. His service was great. He played nearly 70 minutes, uh, 60 to 70 minutes at hooker before Farmani Brown came on. Uh, but he was outstanding. I thought that Jerome Hughes in the seven was amazing. Um, his direction... Uh, his kicking game was outstanding as well. Dylan Brown in his running game in this one was amazing. Um, Britton Nicara, just a fucking workhorse. Uh, you know, really tough runs. That try that he scored, very controversial, but uh, there's not many guys that have the guts to run that line. Uh, Britton Nicora is one of those for sure. He is outstanding. Had a really solid game and really tough runner of the football. We talk about, you know, James Fisher-Harris. We talk about Moses Leota. Joseph Tarpanay outstanding. But Britton Nicora was one of the unsung heroes in the forward pack. He was great. Um, I thought that, as I said before, James Fisher-Harris, Moses Leota, after the 10th minute, they really did pick up the intensity in that game and, uh, you know, really set the tone through the middle. Uh, Joseph Tarpanay was the best Kiwi forward on, on park ten, on that day and he proved that with his running game every time he ran the ball his post contact meters he was running an extra 10 meters every time he got uh, it got into contact it was it was great um Jermaine Asaka was well uh, and Joseph Manu you got to give Manu credit where credit's due every time he went down that right hand side he got ironed out by uh Mario Talagi Three times in a row, he got ironed out by Murray Talagi going down that right-hand side. And he had the persistence to go down there again and again and again. And, you know, after the, the fourth or fifth time, 
he set up a try um, going down that side. A really good tip on to Jermaine Asako. He got it right, uh, and Jermaine Asako pretty much went flying down that right-hand side and then gave it back onto the inside, which I think that was the one that set up Jerome Hughes. Uh, and obviously, uh, fucking Jermaine Asako had the best fucking 10 minutes ever from the 13th minute to the 24th. Uh, scored two tries and set up one. He was outstanding. Uh, really solid debut from him. You've got to give credit to Matsumoko. He was outstanding in this game. Every time he ran the footy, breaking tackle here, palming off a guy there, making about 10 to 15 metres per run. He was just outstanding. He just they, they could not tackle him. They could not tackle him, Matsumoko. He was great. Really good debut. He's going to be in that side for a long time to come. He really is. He's going to be in that side for a while. He was so good. And as, as we said, the, the whole Kiwi side was pretty much on song after 10 minutes uh, in that opening stanza where Samoa were just absolutely flogging them. And then Samoa got absolutely flogged in return for the next 60 minutes of that game. And off the back of Kieran Foran, great service. And fuck, he looks good at nine. He looks great at nine. He's deception at a dummy half to set up uh, Nelson Asofa Solomona, skipping left and then goes right to pop the ball. Um, I mean, some really, really solid work out of dummy half. And his defense as well. The tackle, um, I think it was on Faulogo. Uh, obviously, Faulogo did a little goosey goes to the right-hand side to try and run around Kieran Foran. And Kieran Foran just got him around the legs. And that's at the start of the game as well. Had some really big defensive plays, Kieran Foran. Uh, Nelson as well, just tough. Tough as nails through the middle. He was outstanding. Uh, all the forwards for the Kiwis were great, to be honest. They, it was such a good game through the middle, and it was what gave uh, the Kiwis such a good go forward. And then you talk about Matsumoko, Manu with his ball playing, and then coming in the middle and taking a run. Uh, what about him with his shirt off as well, trying to catch some ladies as well? I bet that was scripted in there. I could see it in his eyes. All he wanted to do was take his shirt off the bastard. Um, anyway, a solid game from Manu, Timoko, Jermaine Asako. You know, solid games from the outside backs. Ronaldo Molotalo getting two tries as well. Uh, five tries in... Oh, sorry, no, it's three tries in five tests now for uh, Molotalo. So a good strike right there for him. Uh, you can't really complain about anyone in this Kiwi side. It was a really solid game. Uh, Dylan Brown, his running game. Jerome Hughes, his kicking game and his running game as well was outstanding. Uh, and support play from Jerome Hughes, which is a bit a big part of his game in 2023, uh, really came on uh, came into effect. Uh, Chance to go clock start as well with his ball playing. Um, you know, didn't get too involved. Marnie was really the, the main guy uh, coming in the middle and, and doing a lot of things for this Kiwi side. But uh, chance of a clock start, every time he got the ball, he looked dangerous as well. So um, you got to credit where credit is due. The Kiwis were just unbeatable on this day. 50 nil. Samoa had no chance. And, um, you know, when your side's completing at a very, very low rate, it's very hard to win games, and unfortunately, uh, Samoa are on the back of what was an absolute onslaught. 60%, 18 from 30 sets. I mean, that it just isn't good enough, and uh, and they only had 40% possession. Kiwis had 60%. It's very hard to win games like that. It really is. So, uh, it's unfortunate for Samoa, but there's not really much to say. Uh, pretty much from 1 to 13, and then a few guys on the bench that came on and had a massive impact as well. Griffin Neiman, his debut, I thought was great. Uh, Terrell May for Samoa, I thought was quite good as well coming off the bench. Uh, but talking Kiwi specifically, I mean, it was pretty much solid all around. Griffin named Leo Thompson, I thought, for the little stint that he had was great as well. I do have to give credit to Sui Lavi Falogo, though. 
every chance he got, he tried to get his side back into the game and he showed so much passion as well. After the game, he was devastated, absolutely devastated. You could see it on his face. There was a lot of guys slapping up and shaking hands and smiling for Samoa still after a big loss. Uh, but he was absolutely devastated. He was one of those guys that has so much passion for the jersey. Um, and you could see it in his play as well. He tried to come up with big plays. He tried to get his side back into the game. Even at halftime when he uh, got, uh, I think it was Ronald Volkman, to kick downfield for him. Uh, to try and get that ball, kick it back in to score a try. He was trying to get his side back into the game. He just the way he ran the football as well, his footwork. Um, you know, you've got to give credit where credit's due there. He was outstanding. Uh, and I thought Ronald Volkman coming on and playing a bit of hooker, you know, it's not his first position, but I thought he did very well defensively. Um, you know, aiming up there in the middle, I thought he did a really good job. Gordon Chan Kam Tong was pretty good as well at nine. I thought that he did, got through his work. Um, but yeah, look, I mean, it wasn't the best day out for the Samoan boys and they were on the back end of an absolute flogging. Well,